0: Hi, everyone. This is Leslin Keith here again with another Research Update Flash Briefing. I'm the Director of Research and President of the Board for the Lymphedema Project. i like to keep you abreast of the latest research of relevance to lymphedema with these flash briefings. Today, I'd like to tell you about a study that came out of Turkey. Thank you, Gail Rakelli, for suggesting that I look at this paper. The title of the paper is, What Do Lymphedema Patients Expect? a treatment, and what do they achieve? A descriptive study. Even though the title of this paper only mentions lymphedema, there were also lipedema and lipolymphedema patients included in this study, so I decided to review it for you. It was published in the Periodical Journal of Vascular Nursing in March 2022. The aim of this study was to examine the treatment needs and the benefits of treatment from the patient's perspective. So here is the participants that were in the study. The demographic information and assessments were gathered on all of the participants. All participants had a diagnosis of lymphedema, lipedema, or lipolymphedema. Patients who were diagnosed with a doctor, wanted treatment, or had treatment in the past were included in the study. So although 102 patients were enrolled in the study, Actual analysis was only able to be performed on 81 of those participants. 43.2%, 35 patients, had primary lymphedema. 40 participants, or 49.4%, had secondary lymphedema. So majority of the participants had some form of lymphedema. Three participants had lipedema. Another three had lipolymphedema diagnosis. So only six participants had either lipidema or lipolymphedema, but a total of 22 or 27% of the participants were affected in both legs. And so I felt like that increased the applicability to women with lipidema. So I still went ahead and did this, even though just a very small percentage actually had that diagnosis of lipidema or lipolymphedema. 78% of the participants were female. The average age was 47, and the average weight was 177 pounds or 80 kilograms. The average BMI was 30, which suggests that most participants were overweight or obese. The treatment experienced by most participants was a standard protocol of complete decongestive therapy in the two phases. So phase one normally includes manual lymph drainage, skin care, compression bandaging, and decongestive exercises. And this was done generally three to four weeks, depending on the severity of their condition. Phase two is usually the maintenance phase, and that generally includes compression garments, self-MLD, pneumatic compression pump, exercise, and self-care training. So this is the assessment that they did in this study. They used the patient benefit index for lipidema. So this is a diagnosis-specific self-report survey, and it has two parts. First, it has the patient's needs questionnaire. And this, the patients score their own treatment needs According to their importance, how important it is to them. So zero means it's not important to them at all. And four, it means it's very important. And then they also had the patient benefit questionnaire. So how they perceived that the benefits of treatment were important to them. And the patient then would score their perceived benefits of their treatment from either zero was not beneficial at all to four. It was very beneficial. And so participants could also respond on any of the items they could say not applicable. So here's an example of some of the benefits or some of the items that were on this patient benefit index that they're asked to rate. So it could say something like to be free of pain, to experience less swelling and tension, to gain more self assurance and self esteem, to experience no skin discomfort. So these are the kinds of things that they were asked to be rating, whether this was an important or not important need, or if this was an important benefit that they got from therapy or not an important benefit. So if the participant was newly diagnosed and about to have treatment, they would complete the needs questionnaire prior to their treatment, and then they would complete the benefit questionnaire after the treatment. But those participants that were already had Received treatment in the past, they had to rely on their recall. And so they completed both sections the needs and the benefits. They just completed them both at one time. So here are the results. The items that were rated as the most important needs, the top three to find a clear diagnosis and therapy was the number one need. Then to experience no skin discomfort and then to experience less swelling and tension. So then here are the least important needs. The least important was to feel more attractive. And this happened to also be the one that was most often marked as not applicable to me. And then the next least important was to be able to better accept the condition. And then also least important, to be asked less often about my disorder. And then talking about what the most important benefits that they received from therapy. First was to have no fear that the disease would become worse. Then to experience less swelling and tension. And then to experience no skin discomfort. And then the items rated as least important benefits of therapy to have fewer out-of-pocket treatment expenses, to need less time for treatment, and to get prescriptions for treatment more easily. So here are some of the conclusions that the authors came to. The authors report that these results demonstrate that, quote, patients want to get clear diagnosis and treatment for their symptoms, such as swelling, tension, and skin discomfort, end quote, And the treatment they receive does alleviate these symptoms. Unfortunately, many patients are misdiagnosed or diagnosis is delayed. Accurate early diagnosis can prevent progression and improve the management of these conditions. The authors also include that since the mean total score was just under 3 at 2.88, this indicates that patients perceive that they gain a lot of benefits from therapy. Another conclusion is that although therapy for these conditions can be expensive, cost containment is not a need or expectation because the item most often rated as zero was to have fewer out of pocket treatment expenses. The authors suggest that this conclusion, however, may have been influenced by the fact that some patients did not participate in the study because they could not afford the treatment. So this really eliminated the chance that this item would be rated as important because those people were not involved in the study. So I'm glad that they admitted that that was important. And the study, I think, is important for women with lipidema because it adds to our understanding of the patient's perspective of treatment and whether or not their needs are being met in treatment. It also emphasizes the need for early and accurate diagnosis and treatment. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you haven't already subscribed to our daily flash briefings of tips, tools, and research about lipedema, you can subscribe at Apple, Spotify, Amazon Alexa, or here at this website, lipedema-simplified.org/slash/flash, where you'll find an archive of all of our flash briefings. You can now also follow Living Well with Lipedema on Amazon Music and get new episodes when they become available. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next time for another Research Update Flash Briefing. Hi there, this is Catherine Sayo with a very quick and exciting announcement. Just to let you know, our three-day event, Heart to Heart, is coming up March 31st, April 1 and 2. Make sure you don't miss it. We have speakers coming from all over the world and an amazing schedule for interaction with all of the community. It's going to be spectacular. Go to lipedema simplifiedorg and be sure to click the link to get more information. And we'll see you there.